I think there's one main core one that you always get closer and closer and closer. I think of it like a nucleus, nucleus of a cell. You just keep getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to that over time. My genius zone might be speaking, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna be the best speaker in the world necessarily. So I think if I choose that, I can always decide later, you know what, I'm gonna go off and spin my own thing. So yeah, I think I think it chooses you to a degree, but you also choose what you want to, to commit the most time to, what you wanna learn, and the impact you wanna have in the world. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Are you able to grow in your genius zone if other people in your environment are not in your genius zone or in a growth mindset? Mm -hmm. uh, if they're not in a growth mindset, it'll be very difficult. It'll be very, very difficult. I would say you can. Um, one thing I'll say is personal development is personal. So you you need to seek solitude. Uh, Emilia has a great quote about this. She says, um, excellence seeks solitude, mediocrity, uh, misery loves company. Mediocrity loves company. Sorry, burping again. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> what I would say is that if you're surrounded by fixed mindsets, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for you to lean into your genius zone because it's going to trigger the fears and the fear responses of all those people who, at the end of the day, just don't believe in themselves and don't want to see you outgrow them or leave them or feel what they already feel, which is not good enough. Um, it's a very natural response to greatness, uh, to, to feel not good enough or to feel less than, and then to overcorrect by, you know, ego. <clears throat> I think it's actually somewhat beneficial to be around people, not, not people that have a fixed mindset, cause that's obviously gonna make it challenging, but people that aren't in your zone of genius, because I think there's kind of a cycle. So I think about it this way. When Alan and I first started podcasting, there were a lot of people who we podcast with who are no longer podcasters. So I think they were saying, well, maybe this is my vehicle or maybe this is my zone of genius. Let me do this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. That actually proved to me more that this is what I should be doing. So when I go on shows with podcasters who maybe they're, this isn't their zone of genius, maybe they're just doing it for fun. It's a passion project. It's for networking. It's very clear to me, and that really helps me double, triple, and quadruple down on what I'm doing. Then I think later in life, after you get through that portion, you start to attract people who are in your zone, your zone of genius, because that's where you're spending the most time. Those are the people that you're talking with, and that becomes a, a core value and a core practice that you have. So I would say as long as they're not holding you back, it's not necessarily bad in the beginning, but in theory, as you elevate into your zone of genius, you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are also there because they're going to be able to teach you things. They're going to be able to give you aligned feedback. You'll be able to have them <coughs> in your growth bucket, so you'll be able to grow together. Yeah. One more quick thing. Sure. So similar core values and similar core aspirations, but different core competencies. So Emilia and I have two different genius zones, but we have the same core aspirations and core values. Kevin and I, same deal. Um, and so it's important to have similar core values, 
very, very important, but not necessarily the same skill sets. As a matter of fact, that's how you aren't as well-rounded. I mean, even NLU as a business wouldn't be as well-rounded if everyone had the same skill sets. We need people with complementary skill sets. So I'm getting a lot of questions about um, having more than one genius zone. And I kind of wanted to ask you guys, because I know both of you have changed your genius zone throughout the years. So can somebody have more than one genius zone, but also does your genius zone and purpose choose you or do you choose it? My goodness. Uh, Great question. Both. Um, Both. So you choose it in the sense that you're naturally drawn to it when you experience it. It chooses you as in you are born with certain natural inclinations. And a lot of the epigenetic science has proven that you can change your genetics. So I'm not going to throw the genetics thing on this. But I do know that um, another good example of this would be in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. He breaks down uh, if the best 400, I think it's 400 meter runner in the world, were to try to become Michael Phelps. And if Michael Phelps were to try to become the best 400 meter uh, runner, that it could never happen statistically. They could both be good. They just could never be the best, essentially, statistically, because of the way Michael Phelps is six foot four and has a wingspan that's apparently six seven or something like that. Um, so while genetics play a factor, I think, I think the genetics kind of chooses it for you um, in some ways, even though you can evolve that over time. And then you choose it by the way you the way you chase your passions. Um, and then the first part of that question is, can you have multiple genius zones? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, but I think, I think there's one main core one that you always get closer and closer and closer. I think of it like a nucleus, nucleus of a cell. You just keep getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to that over time. And, um, the closer you get to it, the more courage it takes because the more it separates you from average. Alan had a coach who said this one time back in the day. He said, "What if you go all in on one thing, you'll be able to do all the other things later. And if you're like really good at that one thing, I like to think of it that way. And I already told Alan this. I think my genius zones are podcasting, um, communication in general, and rapping. I really think those are like kind of my, my three. When NLU is bigger and I have more time, which I don't think is ever going to happen, so I'll have to prioritize differently, I plan on doing like a rap album. I I do. And I think I'll eventually get to the point where I can have whoever I want to have on when we're quote unquote bigger or famous or whatever. I also, and I guess this isn't my genius zone, but I also plan on having a YouTube, Brandon, maybe you'll like this. Uh, You don't like cars that much, I don't think. I'll have a YouTube channel um, with a bunch of cars and I'll do car reviews and zero to 60 tests and I'm going to have a YouTube channel about cars, but that's all based on the fact that I'm going to be good enough in my zone of genius as a podcaster and a business owner first. So yeah, I think you can definitely do multiple, but in a weird way, you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So if you're spreading your time amongst three, you might not ever get the results you would in one. I guess statistically, Alan, you're the numbers guy. You probably can't. So I guess that's not probably how the numbers work. And then I think it's a little bit of both to Alan's point. I think that there are certain things that, this is the interesting thing too. 
and I don't know, I guess this is one of those things where I would say, I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if you might have a genius zone where your potential just isn't as high as somebody else's genius zone in that, right? So like, I might be, my genius zone might be speaking, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna be the best speaker in the world necessarily. So I think if I choose that, I can always decide later, you know what, I'm gonna go off and spin my own thing. So yeah, I think... I think it chooses you to a degree, but you also choose what you want to to commit the most time to, what you want to learn, and the impact you want to have in the world. Uh, question to ask yourself, too. You can have the last last word on everyone. Quick. Sorry, brother. No, you're good. Uh, first one is, how close to my genius zone am I? And then let your intuition answer. And then, how much am I maximizing my potential in that? And it's it's an infinite game, so it never really ends. You just keep getting closer and closer and closer, and it evolves as you get older, right? If if athletics was yours as a youngster, youngster, as like in your twenties and thirties, obviously that's gonna have to change in your fifties, sixties, and seventies, right? Youngster, he says, twenties and thirties, as a thirty-three <laughs> year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm Derek Smith, and I just wanted to talk to you real quick about group coaching. I found it to be very beneficial. The biggest thing that I got from it was definitely the tap out and keeping track of the daily habits. It's much easier to get these priorities done when it's scheduled. That way you know that you're doing them first compared to trying to fit them in later. So scheduling it and getting that done first and then having something accountable every single day to do those was definitely beneficial. So if you're thinking about giving group coaching a chance, you should definitely do it. I want to go like a 1% deeper on this one. Like, how do you, how did you guys know, like Alan, you went from fitness to business coach. Kevin went from being like Eminem to being the best podcaster. I'll take both. Like, how did you guys, (laughs) how did you guys know that it was time to like adjust and switch and go a different route? A massive pain and failure, (laughs) massive pain and failure. That's it. You want to expand on that at all? (laughs) Um, you can intuitively tell that something's not working and then you contemplate when you when you try something long enough and hard enough and realize that you're putting in so much effort and still getting one-tenth the results of other people Mm -hmm. um, usually you can tell that that's not what you're meant to do but the interesting thing is you kind of have to beat your head against the wall long enough to get the pain to contemplate uh And then I would say just awareness in general too. So I did men's physique competitions that were natural because I knew I didn't want to take any drugs and I knew that I couldn't win bodybuilding competitions because I'm not a naturally large person. I'm a a tall, lanky ectomorph. And so I chose men's physique because aesthetics is a genius zone in terms of my physique structure. Um, Whereas Kev, I think, can win bodybuilding shows if he really wants to. More easily, I should say. And that doesn't mean I can't win one too. It's just going to take 10 times more effort than it would for Kev. And I love pizza. I <laughs> see. Yeah, I'm not going to die anytime soon. <laughs> B, I think for me, it was very much, I don't know. I, I kind of knew when I started podcasting that that's what I wanted to do. And I think in a way, I don't think I was good, quote unquote, but I do think I was probably above average when I started. My ability to take a thought and then connect it and build an episode off of that. 
I think I understood not everybody can do that. So I think I saw it as I probably have the most potential. This is what I'm willing to do for the longest period of time. And when it sucks, it's not as bad as other things. I really think that's what it was for me where I didn't realize that I had any potential in rap. And I still don't know. I could be off on this. But I just... I can sit down and write a song in an hour from scratch. And I think that's pretty, pretty good, all things considered. So I didn't realize I had that level of talent, but I don't think it's nearly the same as speaking and podcasting and communicating to a crowd. I don't think it's close. So I went with a thing that I think had the highest probability of me actually winning. Fire. Not being broke. That's real. That's a perfect answer. Cause this one is kind of, this one just came through the comments and it's like right along those lines. It's like, what's the best way to go all in on your genius? So once you find it and then how do you turn it into something bigger? Mm. You want to go first, Kev, or I, I just don't want to take too much. No, no, you're good. Uh, the best way to go all in is to figure out what your first step is and then this is the interesting thing. In order to actually live in your genius zone, you're going to have to learn 15 things that aren't. Really. You're, it's almost like you're going to have to create, um, let's put it this way. When you see a skyscraper, oftentimes they have a very tall antenna on the top. But that's only the very top. There's so many other things that are built within that. You have to go through the blueprints. You need this material, that material. So it's almost like dip your toe into what you think you're your genius zone is and then figure out what are the five things that I have to build up in order to actually support this. That's something I never understood as a podcaster. You think it's just about the microphone and speaking into the camera, but I know so much about the tech now because that's the thing I did. I learned how to audio edit and video edit and we're blessed. We have an amazing team that's better than me at that, but that's something I had to learn in order to do this. So yeah, get your toe in the water then put your foot in the water, then put your leg in the water up to your knee, and then jump in and figure out, okay, what does it take to actually to actually swim? What was the second part, B? The first part, whatever I didn't answer? How do you turn it into something more? Time. Time. It's, it's very much do the best you can with what you can do in the beginning and then figure out a way to do a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit more, a little bit better. I said this to somebody recently. I said, as a podcast... And this is the example I use because I know most about that compared to other things. I said, you have to understand, you putting out an episode a week is like, that's A. And then 1A is you putting out an episode a week and then having a guest on for your second episode. And okay, that's 1B. And then 1C is you promoting on social media with a picture. But that's only the, the base. So now how do we get a little bit better? Oh, we get better guests, we get better equipment, we do better promotion. Okay, what's next? We do a website, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's you get all in and then you elevate what all in means and you get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better for forever. I mean, we're only seeing what five and a half years can do. I mean, that's in the grand scheme of things, That's I'm a 33-year-old man, so that's one-sixth of my life. It's not that long, really. Five and a half years? Yeah. Uh there's so much well done with the, you know, being in your genius zone means you're going to have to do 15 other that. things if you, absolutely, man. Thank that's you. so true. Cause I think that's one of the biggest misbeliefs about chasing dreams. Holistic self-improvement, heart driven, but no BS for dream chasers. I know I mixed up the syntax on that, but at the beginning, you kind of have to do everything yourself. And it's, it's very, very difficult because the beginning of entrepreneurship might be the worst thing in the entire world. It's pretty bad. 
it's so bad. And obviously that's an exaggeration. There's worse things, but it's really quite bad because not only do you not have a brand and no one trusts your products or service yet, but you don't really know your genius zone yet and you don't have the capital yet and you certainly don't know how to invest the capital yet or earn the capital yet and you can't really because you don't have a community yet. It's definitely, the odds are very stacked against early entrepreneurs, early dream chasers. Really, really stacked against you. And at NLU, obviously that's the problem that we're trying to help solve here. Um, But to answer the original question, I think what I would add is this. Instead of mastering only your genius zone, think of it like your life is a percentage. You have 100% of your time and how you allocate that is up to you. And maybe in in your you know teens, only 10% of that is in your genius zone. And then in your you know early 20s, 20%. In your genius zone, eighty percent is other stuff you have to do, like work another job and bartend on the side and whatever. Then in your thirties or, or late twenties, it's like forty percent of your time is in your genius zone, and the other sixty percent is building a business and building a team and other things that aren't. And then by your thirties, it's like sixty percent, sixty percent genius zone and forty percent other stuff that you have to do. And then by your 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, you should be able to stay pretty much just in your genius zone. Um, I'll give you an example of, um, think of a famous author. At the beginning, they had to build their own business. They had to, uh, Brene Brown's a good example of this. So she was a researcher and, you know, she has a team of, I think, 30 plus people. But in the beginning, it was just kind of her and she had to do all these other things. Now all she does is write. And that's not all she does. She speaks, she writes, and I think she blogs as well. But she's more in her genius zone than ever before. Uh, whereas in the beginning, I'm sure she had to do like pretty much everything herself, just like everyone else. And so I think it's more like a, a increased percentage over time as you get older and older and older uh, based on what you've built in terms of infrastructure prior. And the cool thing is hopefully you're getting better at all these things. So you, you end up... Um, being more effective in less time, which then, you know, doubles, triples, and quadruples your output. Some would say the compound effect. Mm-hmm. This went by really, really fast. Do you believe we it's do- over? We're done. It's, we're done. Alan doesn't know. He'll say, it's like Anchorman. <laughs> he'll say anything on the script. Just put something on the, <laughs> on the teleprompter and he'll say it. Next level nation, <laughs> if you have not yet, we are still running our giveaway where if you leave us a review, you screenshot it, you send it to Alan and or myself will enter you into a drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Think of it this way. If you leave a review and nobody else does that month and you let us know, you'll be getting the $100 Amazon gift card. The odds are pretty good, all things considered, and it's free money, which helps us help more people. So I would say that is a win-win-win. Link is in the show notes as well as the Facebook room, whatever thing it is, comments, whatever. (laughs) Strong work, Kev. It's going to be tough to follow that up, brother. (laughs) Hey, that's my genius zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) that's my genius zone. Well, now let's test if it's mine. Uh, speaking of things that I, speaking of things that I struggled with as a kid, reading, reading was not my genius zone. No, so this book, Switched by Dan and Chip, uh, Dan and Chip Heath. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, every Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's a link in the show notes. There will also be a link to register in the comments if you're watching on Facebook Live right now. Uh, Every single week, we spend an hour contemplating the concepts in this book. 
And every single time we finish a book, we put a poll in Next Level Nation for the next book. And so we let the, the community vote on what books they want to read. It's really quite awesome. I hope you join us. We always, we call that fumbling at the goal line. When you get through the whole episode, you mess up. Both of us messed up at the end, but it's all good. Next Level Nation, as always, we love you, appreciate you, grateful for each and every one of you. We have the best listeners in the world, the best family in the world. As always, at NLU, we don't have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. See you next week, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.